Shas Illuminated presents the following shir by Rabbi Moshe Chaim Byron. Maseches Yoma has been dedicated by Mr. and Mrs. Shmuley Katz, Le'ilay Nishmas, Mars Hanel Abbas, Reb Shraga Fleischman, and Reb Shimon Ben Reb David. Yuma Daf Nun Beis. The Gemara on the Nalaf Amid Beis brought him a chlikis tanoim about the path that the Kohen Gadol walked when he went through the Heichal to get to the Kodesh HaKadoshim. The sheet of Remeir is that the Kohen Gadol walked Ben Shulchan Lemezbeach. The Shulchan was towards the Tzofen side of the Heichal, and he walked between the Mizbeach and the Shulchan, in other words, closer to the Tzofen side of the Heichal, and from there he went to the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And the Gemara explains that Remeir holds like the sheet of Rabbi Yossi, that there was only one Pereiches, and it was open on the Tzofen side. That's the reason why he walked closer to the Tzofen side of the Heichal. And the Gemara continues, why does Remeir not hold like Rabbi Yossi himself, Rebbeisi himself holds that the Kohen Gadol walks Ben Shulchan Lekaisel, even further to the Tzofen, between the Tzofen wall of the Heichal and the Shulchan. And the Gemara gives two Terutzen. The first Terutz, the Gemara says, is that he holds that the Shulchanis were mafsik, the Shulchanis were in the Tzofen side and they blocked the path. The second Terutz, the Gemara says, is that really there was room to walk there. However, Lav Eirech Eirech Lemeilu Lehedya. Rebbeir holds it was not Derech Eretz to walk Along the Tzofin wall, Rashi explains in the top Rashi Diber Maschal Lamei Lahedya. Rashi says Leilach Eitzel Akoisel Atzveni Kol Eirach Ahechal to walk along the Tzofin wall as he's walking through the Hechal. The Chalsha Einov Nizayna Yismi Beis Kotche Hakadoshim Derech Haprifa Shekinegdoi. The whole time he's looking inside to the Kodesh Hakadoshim through the Prifa, the fold in the Pereiches that was open on the Tzofin side. This Rashi fits very well with Rashi later on in Daf Nun Beis Amid Beis. The Mishnah over there says, The outer Parechas was folded over, and Rashi explains what does Prufa mean? Rosha Kafula Latad Chutz was folded outward. It was held open with a golden hook. Rashi holds that it was always open. That's what Prufa means, and therefore Rashi here as well understands that the Kain Gadol, if he's walking along the Tzofen side, according to the Shita, that it was open on the Tzofen side, so he would be able to see through into the Kodesh HaKadoshim through this Prufa. However, the Toysus Rid on the Beis Amad Beis, he argues on Rashi, and he translates Prufa differently. He quotes Rashi and he says, Ein zederch tznius liois ha-pesach pasuach, he says it's not Mistar that it was held open that everyone can see through into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And therefore he translates the word Prufa differently and he says that the higher section of the Pereiches was attached very well to the wall of the Heichal. However, the lower section, the part that had to be lifted up in order that the Kayengal should go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, that was attached loosely with loops that were on the Pereiches that closed onto the hooks against the wall, and that was easily opened by the Kohen Gadol when he had to go lefnayu lefnim. So Prufa does not mean that it was always held open, rather that it was easily opened by slipping the loops off of the hooks. And then the Toysus Rid continues, and he quotes our Gemara. He says, that which the Gemara says, lav oirach ara lemeya lehedya, he says it does not mean like Rashi, that the Kohen Gadol could see through the whole time as he's walking along the wall. Rather, it means to say it's Lava Yerich Ara that he should be walking Keneged the Pesach. He says, Shema Yotzitz Bein HaPareiches L'Kaisel. 
Perhaps as he's walking along, he might peek inside between the Pereches and the Kaisel. So it doesn't mean that it was totally open, rather it means it's not Derech Eretz that he should be walking along an area which he possibly can peek through. Now the Gemara continues and the Gemara says, what does Rebbeisi himself hold? Rebbeisi who holds that the Kain Gadol did walk along the Tzofen wall of the Heichel, what does he hold? The Gemara says, Chavivin Yisrael He holds it's not a problem for him to walk along the Tzofen wall, even though he's facing towards the Pesach. It's not a problem of Derech Eretz, because we find that Klai Yisrael is so Chaviv to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that they do not need a Shliach. And what does this mean that they do not need a shliach? There's a few mahalchim in this line of the Gemara. Rashi explains, Rashi says, Everyone in Klai Yisrael could be mispal for himself. He does not need a shliach to be mispal to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for him. And Rashi quotes the Pesach in Melochim, Shenem Rasha Yedun Ish Nega Levovoy Uparas Kapov Elabayis Hazeh Everyone in Klai Yisrael could be mispat HaKadosh Baruch Hu directly, they do not need a shliach. Now the Toysis Hishonim, as well as the Toysis Arosh, they ask on Rashi that this does not prove the Chavivos of Klai Yisrael. The fact that they could daven in the Mokam HaMikdosh on their own without a shliach, that's not a raya, because the Psukim later on in the same parak refers to a guy as well, and it says over there, Vasisa kechol yikro eilecho hanochri. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will answer the tefillahs of a guy as well. And therefore this is not a riot to the special chavivos to Klal Yisrael. The Ritva asks this kasha as well, and he's moisif, he adds, he says that anyways, how is this a riot to the chavivos of the Kohen Gadol going lefnai lefnim, the fact that Klal Yisrael could be mispalal, what does one have to do with the other? And therefore the Rishonim quote Rabbeinu Hananel, who learns a different pshat, what exactly is this Chavivos that Klai does not need a Shliach? And Rabbeinu Hananel explains that we're referring specifically to Yom HaKippurim, that the rest of the year, the din was that the Kain Gadol wore the Shemayin Begadim. On the Me'il, it had the Pahamayin Zohar Verimayin, as the Pasuk says, V'nishma Koylai Bevoi Ala Kodesh. The reason why he had these bells is that there should be an announcement. The Kain Gadol should not come in into the Heichal without announcing his arrival, and the bells served as a shliach to inform that the Kohen Gadol was about to arrive. However, on Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol went lufnayim with the Big Day Lovon. The Big Day Lovon did not have any bells. There was no announcement that the Kohen Gadol was coming. This shows a special chavivus that Klai does not need a shliach before the Kohen Gadol comes in. And therefore, Abbasi holds, since there was such chavivus to Klai and therefore the Kohen Gadol could walk directly in, he did not have to worry about Lav Eirech Ara Lemeil Lehedya. Now Rashi, who does not learn this shot of the Rishonim, fits very well with what Rashi learns earlier on in Daf Memdaur Amin Beis. The Gemara over there is referring to the differences between the Machta that was used on Yom Kippur to the Machta that was used all year long. And the Brayse says one difference was, Bechol Yoyim, Loi Hoyula Niyashtik. Vahayoyim Hoyula Niyashtik. The Machta on Yom Kippur had something called Niyashtik. What is this Niyashtik? Rashi explains it was a tabas, a ring, Shemikashkesh. It jingled. Rashi over there quotes the Pasuk which says that the Kaingodos should be heard when he's coming with Nayulufnim. It would seem that this Niyashtik is instead of the bells which the Kaingodos had on his Shmaina Begodim. On Yom Kippur, when he did not have those Shemayin Begadim, so this Niyashtik served the purpose of announcing the Kohen Gadol's arrival. 
the Rishonim over there, Toysvis, as well as the Toysvis Rishonim, they quote a Riva and a Yushami as well, that Niyashtik was a Nartik, it was a pouch that was put over the handle of the Machto, so that it would not be too hot for the Kohen Gadol to carry. And the Yushami discusses why is it not a problem of a Chatzitza, it's a separation between the hand of the Kohen Gadol and the Kli that he's holding. So according to the Rishonim, there was no Tabas, like Rashi learns, there was nothing that made a noise which to announce the arrival of the Kohen Gadol, that would fit well with Rishonim and Ersugya, who learned that the Chavivis was, that the Kohen Gadol did not need to be announced. Rabbeinu Hananel as well over there learns in the Ashtik like the Riva, and therefore Rabbeinu Hananel fits well with how he learns over here, that there was nothing announcing the arrival of the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. Rashi on the other hand cannot learn like that, because Rashi holds that even though there was no bells, there was something else which served the same purpose to announce the arrival of the Kohen Gadol. Now there's a third shot, and what does it mean? Chaviv in Yisrael, Shaloy Yitzrichen HaKosov L'Shliach. And Chassam Seifer, it's printed later on in Daf Nun Ches, quotes Rashi, and he says Rashi's shot is difficult to understand. And he says differently, he says, Chaviv in Yisrael, Shaloy Yitzrichen HaKosov L'Shliach. Gemara is referring to the sugya earlier on in Daf Yutes, which discusses if the Kayhanim are Shluchei D'Rachmono or Shluchei Didan. The maskana of the Gemara is that they're Shluchei D'Rachmono. And the Chassam Seifer explains that Bishlomo of the Kahanim was Shluchei Didan, that it wouldn't be Derech Eretz for the Shliach, who's being sent by Klal Yisrael, to walk straight in. Rather, it's more Derech Eretz to take a roundabout route between the Shulchan and the Mizbeach. But since Klal Yisrael is Chavir, then they don't need a Shliach, and the Kahanim are Shluchei Derechmona, not Shluchei Didan, so they're being sent by Kaddish Baruch to do the Avodah, then they could walk straight in, that's not a problem of Derech Eretz. Now the Gemara continues and discusses what does Rabbi Yehuda hold. Rabbi Yehuda's shita was that the Kohen Gadol went closer to the Dorim side of the Heichal, like the Gemara says earlier on Dafnun Aleph from Midbez, that Rabbi Yehuda is like the shita that there were two Puroichas, and the outer Puroichas was open on the Dorim side, and therefore he had to walk closer to the Dorim side. However, the Gemara now asks, why can't he go Why can't he go all the way to the Dorim, close to the Dorim wall? And the Gemara answers, Mishchari His clothes could get dirty, could get blackened, since the wall near the Menorah was blackened from the smoke of the Menorah. If the Kohen will brush against the wall, then his clothes will get blackened. Now the Toysis Hashanah over here, in Dibar Maschal Neil Bein HaMenorah he's bothered by, why can't the Gemara give the same reason that the Gemara says earlier in the Sheet of Remeir, that Lava Yerach Ara we could say according to Behuda as well, we don't want him to walk along the Durham wall with the Pesach of the Pereiches open in front of him. And the Torah Hashanah gives two terutzim. First he says that Enech and Ami, the Gemara could have said this, however the Gemara wanted to say a Mahalach in Rabbi Huda, which would fit even according to Rabbi Yaisi. Even according to Rabbi Yaisi, that Chaviv in Yisrael, he's not concerned of Lava Yerachara, the Gemara still has another way of explaining Rabbi Huda. Inami, or he says, no, this terutz would not work according to Behuda. Because this text is only according to Remeir, where there was only one Pereiches. We don't want him to walk along the Tzofen side. Since the Tzofen Pereiches was open, he could see straight through into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. But according to Behuda, that there were two Pereiches, even if he sees through the Dharam side of the outer Pereiches, still the other Pereiches is blocking his view of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And it would seem to be that the second Teretz of the Toysus Hashanim is an obvious answer. There's another inner Pereiches which blocks his view. 
Surely if you learn like Rashi who explained that he could see straight through into the Kedosh HaKadoshim, so this surely does not apply over here if there were two Parachis. But even according to the Toysus read that we quoted, he understood that it's not really open, the prefer does not mean that it's totally open, but he also explained that if the Kohen Gadol is walking along the wall, he can peek through into the Kedosh HaKadoshim. That's only if there's one Parachis, like the Toysus read explained, that wasn't closed so well. However, if there's two Parachis, and he's walking along the Durham side, so even if he could peek through the outer Pereiches, but the inner Pereiches, which was closed very tightly on the Durham side, he won't be able to see through there. So the second Teretz, the is a Pasha Teretz, and we have to understand what did the Teisus Hashanah hold in his Kasha and the first Teretz. And the Teisus Rosh actually asks this Kasha, and he only says the second Teretz. It would seem he also holds that this is a Pasha Teretz, and we do not need to look for another answer. So perhaps we could explain this based on the Tzlach. The Tzlach actually asks the Kasha, on the second terrace of the Taisis Yishonim, that what does it help if there's still an inner Pereiches, but since the Amo, which was between the two Pereiches, perhaps had a Kedusha of Kedush HaKadoshim, so if he's walking along the Durham side, and he could see through the Pesach, into the one Amo, which was between the two Pereiches, so he actually could look inside the Kedush HaKadoshim, as he's walking along. And with this we can explain, this is what the Taisis Yishonim understood, in his first terrace, that even though Enechanami he won't be able to see all the way through into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, but he'll be able to see that one Amo, perhaps the Taisus Hashanah understood in his first test that that's also a problem. That also is not Derech that's considered looking inside the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And in the second test he was Mechadish, that the inner Parechas blocks his view from the rest of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, and even though he could see that one Amo, that's not a problem of Lava Oirech Aro, as long as he's not able to see into the main part of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, where the Oren was, where the Kapiris was, where the Shechina rested, as long as he's not able to see into there, that's not a problem of Lav Oyrech Ara. Now perhaps we can add somewhat of a Raya to this Kasha of the Tzlach, that even seeing this one Amo of Kedosh HaKadoshim is also a problem, because the Toysis Rid, which we mentioned earlier, on the Mishnah on Amr Beis, he argues on Rashi, on how Rashi translated Prufa, Rashi explains it means that it was held open, and he says that it's not Derech Tznius, that it should be totally open and anyone can see inside. Now the truth is, that Mishnah is going according to the Shita, that there were two Pereiches. So even if the outer Pereiches was open, like Rashi understands, on the Durham side, but still no one could see all the way into the Kadesh HaKadoshim, there was an inner Pereiches. What does the Taisis read mean to say that it's not Derech Tznius, that anyone could see inside the Kadesh HaKadoshim? However, according to the Kasha of the Tzlach, it's very good. Lamai said there's one Amo of Kadesh HaKadoshim that anyone could see through. That's the reason the Taisus Rid argues on Rashi. And according to what we're explaining now, in the Taisus Yishonim, this is actually the Machoikis between the two Tzirutim, are we concerned about seeing inside this one Amo, is that a problem of Lav Oyrech Ara? Now the Gemara continues and discusses about the Amo Traxin. The Gemara explains that there was a Suffolk about it, and originally the Gemara understood that the Suffolk was Ikilifnim Ikilachot, meaning to say, was this Amo counted as part of the 40 Amois? of the length of the Heichal, or was it counted as part of the 20 Amois, the length of the Kedosh HaKadoshim? Now the Gemara quotes the Pesukim in Melochim, one Pasuk says that the Bayis HaShabonah HaMelech Shleimo LaHashem Shishim Amo, the length of the whole Heichal together with the Kedosh HaKadoshim, was a total of 60 Amois, and it says, Ve'esrim Rochboi Ushleishim Amois Kemosai. Then the Gemara brings another Pasuk, Ve'arboim Ba'amo Hoya HaBayis Hu HaHeichal Lefanai, the 
the Pasik describes that the Heichel itself, without the Kedush HaKadoshim, was 40 Amos in length, and the Fmeyat Vir, the Kedush HaKadoshim, was 20 Amos in length. However, we notice that in this second Pasik that the Gemara brings, the Haid is described as 20 Amos. This is a stira to the Pasik earlier, which says that the Haid was 30 Amos. This is the Kasha that Taisis discusses over here in Dibra Maschal Ve'esrim Amo and there seems to be a theory about the height, was it 20 amis high or 30 amis high? And Tosis quotes Rashi in Melachim that gives the Teretz, that the Pasuk that says it was 30 amis high, that's in the area of the Heichal. The Pasuk that says that it was 20, 20 amis high, that was by the Kedosh HaKadoshim. Like Rashi in Melachim says that the Aliyah of the Kedosh HaKadoshim was lower than the Heichal. There was an attic which took away from the height of the Kedosh HaKadoshim. However, Tosis asks on Rashi, that there's actually a Gemara in Baba Basra which asks this kasha. The Gemara asks the steer in the Psukim, and the Gemara gives a different tarets. The Gemara says that the Pasik which says that it was Esrim Amo Koymasai, that's Misvas Kruvim Ulamala. That's counting from the top of the Kruvim. The Kruvim stood on the floor of the Kedush HaKadoshim and they were 10 Amris high. So from the top of the Kruvim until the ceiling, that was 20 Amris high. So Taisit is bothered, why does Rashi give his own tarets if the Gemara in Baba Basra gives a different tarets? Now there's a beautiful tarot from the Goyin in his Pirish on the Mishnayis in Baba Basra to answer this Kasha on Rashi. It's in Perik Vav, Mishnah Dalid. The Mishnayis over there are talking about someone who's Mekabo Mechavere Livnois Loibayis. If someone accepted the job to build a house for someone else and they did not make up beforehand the measurements of the house, so what is the minimum size that he has to build? And the Mishnah explains what happens if they use the Lushan of Bayis. What are the minimum measurements for something to be considered a bias, what about if they said bias cotton, or if they said bias godol, or if they said tracklin? All these, the Mishnah explains what are the minimum measurements required. And then the Mishnah continues how high does it have to be built? What is the measurement of the height? It says, The normal height of any structure is half of the measurement of the length plus half the measurement of the width. So if the bias has to be 8 by 10, so half of 8 is 4, half of 10 is 5, then together the height would have to be a total of 9 amis. And the Mishnah says, The raya to this is the heichal. The heichal was 40 amis long and 20 amis wide, and it was 30 amis high. This is how the Batanura explains the Mishnah, that we're proving from the heichal, which was 40 amis long, so half of that is 20, and it was 20 amis wide, half of that is 10. So 20 and 10 together make 30. So just like in the Heichel, that was the height. It was Rumay, Chatsi Arkoi, V'chatsi Rachbay. So in any structure as well, the height is supposed to be half of the length plus the width. And if Shimon ben Gamliel over there, he argues on the Tanakhama, and he says that there's no such din, we do not learn from the Heichel. Now the Goyen over there in the Mishnayis asks, how can we prove anything from the Heichel? Dilma Maisa Shehoya Kachoya. Just because that's the way the Heichel was built, is that a right that it has to be that way? Is it a right that this is the standard size for all structures? So the Goyen explains that the right is like this. He says, we find that the Bayes Sheni was basically identical to the Bayes Rishon. However, the height was different. The Bayes Rishon, it says that the height was 30 amis high, and the Bayes Sheni was 40 amis high. And furthermore, he points out, what is the Pshat that in the Bayes Rishon, the height of the Heichel was 30 amis, and the height of the Kedush HaKadoshim was 20 amis. And he explains that the Pshat is like this, that in the Bayes Rishon, so the Heichal and the Kedush HaKadoshim were separate. There was a wall between, the Amatraxin. And therefore the Heichal, which was 40 amis long and 20 amis wide, 
then the goiva, the height, had to be 30 amis. Half of 40 plus half of 20 is 30. The Kodesh HaKadoshim, which was a separate room in the Bayes Rishon, it was 20 by 20. And therefore, using this formula of room by Kechati Yarkai, Vechati Rachbai, the height would also have to be 20. However, in the Bayes Sheni, where there was no Amatraxin, then we looked at the Heichal with the Kodesh HaKadoshim as one big room. It was a room of 60 Amais in length, 20 Amais in width. And therefore, using this formula, the height would have to be 40 Amais. That's the reason that in Bayez Shani they made the height 40 amis high to fit with this formula of Rumai Kechatsi Yarkai Vechatsi Rachbai. And in the Bayez Shani there was no difference in the height of the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Only in the Bayez Rishon, where the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKadoshim were different rooms with different sizes, therefore the height had to be different as well. And this is how the Gain explains the Mishnah. Ra'il Davar Hechal means that from the Hechal we see clearly that it must be this way, the height has to be Rumay V'chatsi Yorkoi V'chatsi Rochbay. And that's how they knew that in the Bayez Sheni, since they changed the length, they also had to change the height. And the Goyen continues, what does Reb Shimon Ben Gamliel hold? He holds that you cannot learn out of the Hechal. The Goyen explains because he held that the height of the Kodesh HaKadoshim in Bayez Rishon was also 30 Amis high. And therefore it does not fit with this formula of Rumay Kechatsi Yorkai V'chatsi Rochbay. The Kodesh HaKadoshim was 20 by 20 and the height was 30 Amis high. And with this the Goyen answers Taisus' Kasha on Rashi in Er Sugya. He says the Gemara in Baba Basra, which asked the Stira and the Psukim, there the Gemara is going according to Rav Shem Ben Gamliel. He holds that the height of the Kodesh HaKadoshim was actually 30 Amis high, just like the height of the Heichal. And the Gemara was bothered by the Stira and the Psukim. And that the Gemara answered that the Pasuk that says that the Kodesh HaKadoshim was 20 Amis high, that was measuring from the top of the Kruvim. However, the Rashi in Melochim, which Taisus quotes, that says that the height of the Kodesh was actually different than the height of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, he says Rashi fits with the sheet of the Tanakama in the Mishnah of Basra. That Tana says that the Beis HaMikdosh was Rumay Kechatsi Yorkei Vechatsi Rochbay, that's the Makar of the Din. And therefore he obviously understood that the answer to the steer in the Pesukim of Melachim is that the Kodesh HaKadoshim was 20 Amis high. That fits with the Klal of Rumay Kechatsi Yorkei Vechatsi Rochbay. And the height of the Heichel was 30 Amis high. That also fits with the measurements of the Heichel, which were 40 by 20. This is where the Tanakamba got his cloud that Rumay Kechatsi Yorkei Vechatsi Rochbay, like he says, Ra'il Adover Heichel, as the Goyen explains. This is the Teretz to the, the Kasher of Taisus on Rashi. Rashi is explaining according to the Tanakhama, and the Gemara is explaining according to Rav Shimon Ben Gamliel. Now there's a Rishash in Sukkah who adds a very important point to this Gain. In Sukkah, Dafheim and Beis, Taisus over there has, is similar to Taisus by us. He asks the Kashan Rashi in Malachim that it's a stira to the Gemara in Baba Basra, and the Rishash quotes the Teretz of the Gra. However, he asks on the Gain that it seems to be a stira to a Mufurish Gemara in Baba Basra, Daf Gimel. The Gemara Baba Basra says the reason why they did not make an Amatraxin in Bagasheni, rather they made a Paraiches, is because a wall which is only one Amma wide cannot stand if it's so high, if it's 40 Amis high. So in the Bagasheni where the height was only 30 Amis, they could build a wall one Amma wide and it will stand. In the Bagasheni which was 40 Amis high, a wall this thickness will not be able to stand. And the Rishash asks on the Gain that the Gain made the Mesoiviv into the Seba. He reversed the cause and the effect. The Gemara of Basra says the reason why they did not make Amatraxin was because the height was 40 hours, and therefore a wall would not stand. The Gain says the opposite. He says the reason why they had to make it 40 hours was because there was no Amatraxin. 
Since there was no attraction, so we looked at it as a length of 60, that was the reason why they had to make the height higher. They had to make it 40 amas. The going seems to be a steer to this Gemara. And the Rishash has a very nice answer. He says that the Gemara in Baba really quotes a Pasuk that says, The second base of Migdash had to have been greater, and the Gemara understands this to mean to say that it was higher than the first base of Migdash. This is how they knew that they had to make the second base of Migdash higher. However, the Rishash says they could have made it just a bit higher than the first base of Migdash. Why did they have to make it 40 Amis, which is 10 Amis higher than the first base of Migdash? On that, the answer is, once they made it higher than 30 Amis, then they no longer can make an Amatraxin. Like the Gemara Baba Bastra says, that a wall that's only one Amma cannot stand higher than 30 Amis. Therefore, they made a Parachas instead of an Amatraxin. However, once there no longer was a wall, then, as the Gain says, you look at it as if it's one big room of 60 Amis, and therefore we have to change the height all the way up to 40 Amis. Using the cloud of Rumai, Kechatsi Yorkai, Vechatsi Rochbai, you have to add 10 Amis. So the reasoning of the Gemara and the reasoning of the Gra fit very well together. The Gemara is telling us that once we had to make it higher than 30 Amis, there cannot be an Amatraxin. Nagain adds, once there was no Amatraxin, then we have to raise it a full 10 Amis to fit with the cloud of Rumai, Kechatsi Yorkai, Vechatsi Rochbai. However, there is one Ha'ara that the Rishash leaves as a kasha on the Gra, that according to the way the Gemara comes out, the Maskana Bayos, really the length of the Heichal together with the Kedosh HaKadoshim, if you add the Amma in between, was a total of 61 Amis. The Gemara concludes that the middle Amma was not counted as part of the 40 of the Heichal and not counted as part of the 20 of the Kedosh HaKadoshim. And therefore there was a total of 61 Amis, and using the formula of Rumai Kechatsi Yorkai Vechatsi Rochbai, it should come out that the height of the base of Mingdash should have to be 40 and a half Amis. Yeah, now as we just mentioned, the Gemara comes out in Maskano, that the Amma traction, which we said was a Suffolk, is not a Suffolk whether it's counted as part of the 40 of the Heichal or part of the 20 of the Kedosh HaKadoshim. It wasn't counted as either. And when we said before that there was a Suffolk about it, whether it had the Kedusha of the Heichal or the Kedusha of the Kedusha HaKadoshim, the Suffolk is not whether it was counted as part of the measurements of the Heichal or, or the measurements of the Kedusha HaKadoshim, Rather, the Suffolk is, what kind of status did it have? It definitely was not counted as either, but what kind of Kedusha did it have? Did it have the Kedusha of the Heichal or the Kedusha of the Kedusha HaKadoshim? The Ramah, however, in Perak Dawud Hilchus Beis Abchira Halacha Beis, seems to say not like the Maskana of Agamara. The Ramah says, Bebayis Rishon Hayakoysol Mavdo Bein HaKadosh Bein Kedusha HaKadoshim Of Yoy Amo V'kivan Shabonu Bayis Sheni Nistapik Luhu Im Oivi HaKoysol Hayam Imidas HaKadosh the Ramam says that in the first base of Migdash there was an Amotraxin, and when the second base of Migdash came along, they were mistapic if it was Mimides HaKadosh, if it was counted as part of the measurements of the Kadesh, or Mimides Kadesh HaKadoshim, was counted as part of the measurements of the Kadesh HaKadoshim. And the Ram continues, Lefikach, since they had a Suffolk, also Kadesh HaKadoshim Esrim Amotmimais. They made the Kadesh HaKadoshim a full 20 Amois, but also HaKadosh Arboam Amotmimais. They also made the Kodesh 40 full Amos. And then the Ram continues, They didn't make a Kaisal, rather they made two Pereiches and they left the Amma between the two Pereiches. So the Ramam seems to be saying, not like the Maskana of Agamara, rather the Suffolk was, was it counted as part of the measurements of the Kodesh, or was it counted as part of the measurements of the Kodesh Agadoshim? Now the Kesef Mishnah quotes a Yushalmi, 
who seems to say that this was the Suffolk. The Yishami says, I'm attraction, ma, mi b'fnim or mi b'chutz. What was it? Was it counted as part of the p'nim or part of the chutz? And the Kesev Mishnah brings the Hemshech of the Yushalmi, which is also mashma that this was the Sophic, whether it was counted as part of the measurements of the Heichal or the Kedosh HaKadoshim. And the Achreinim seemed to say that the Kesev Mishnah was bothered why the Ram does not pass like Agamara, and therefore he quoted the Yushalmi, who had a different explanation in the Sophic, and for some reason, even though generally the Ram is like the Bavli, here he chose to pass like the Yushalmi. However, there seems to be another problem with the Rambam. And that is, we know that the second base of Migdash had to be identical to the first base of Migdash, like we mentioned before. The only exception was the height. And they were not able to add on to the measurements. The measurements were given over by Kosh Baruch Hu to David HaMelech before the first base of Migdash. Like the Pasuk says, his skill, And they were not able to change them. And if so, how could the Rambam say that since there was a Sophic, whether the Amatraxin was supposed to be part of the 40 or part of the 20, so they decided to count it not amongst the 40 and not amongst the 20, rather to add an extra Amma. This Tukhar is changing from the measurements of the Beis HaMikdash. The entire Bayis together, the Heichal with the Kodesh HaKadoshim was a total of 60 Amas. And according to the Rambam, the second Beis HaMikdash, they changed it and they made it a total of 61 Amas. How are they allowed to make this change and add an extra Amma? That's one Kasha. An additional Kasha is that the Gemara earlier on Daf Nun Al from the Bay says, the reason why they made two Puraychais is because they had the suffix about the status of that one Amma. So they made two Puraychais and they left that Amma between the two Puraychais. Now according to the Rambam, the suffix that they had by the second base of Mikdash was whether the Amma should be counted as part of the 40 or part of the 20. And because of this suffix, they did not count it as part of either, rather they made a separate Amma in between. Why did they not just make one thin Puraychais? and put it right on the border between the Kedosh and the Kedosh HaKadoshim, and they will not have to make two Puraychais. And further, they will not have to add the extra Amma, which we says anyways is problematic. How could they add that extra Amma? These are the kashas that seem to be difficult on the Rambam, and I did not see a clear answer, so therefore we'll leave them for now as Tarach Now we'll begin now the Mishnah on Amr Beis. The Mishnah describes how the Kaingadol went Lufnayu Lufnim, the Mishnah is assuming that there were two Pareiches. The Kain Gadol entered the outer Pareiches through the Dharm side. Then he walked between the two Pareiches and he came into the Kadesh HaGadoshim from the Tzofen side. And then it says that Haipech Panav Ladarm, he turned towards the south. And he was Mahalach Lesmailai Ima Pareiches. He walked alongside the Pareiches with his left to the Pareiches. Achu Megiyah La'aran. Hegiyah La'aran, Noisenes HaMachda Bein Shnei Habadim. The Mishnah says that the Kohen Gadol put down the Machda between the two Badim of the Aran. And that is where he was Machda the Ktaris. The Mishnah later on in Daf Nun Gimel Amid Beis, when it describes where the Kohen Gadol did the Hazois, Lifnai Lifnim, of the Par and the Sayer, it says also, Nichnas Lemokem She Nichnas, Vaomad Bemokem She Omad. He stood in the same place where he stood when he brought the Ktaris inside. Clearly, the Mishnah holds that the Ktaris had to be brought right in front of the Aran. And that is where the Kain Gadol also stood when he did the Hazois from the Par and the Sawyer. Now the Gvursari asks Akasha, where does the Mishnah get this from, that the Ktaris had to be brought Bein Abadim right in front of the Aran? Bishlama, the Hazois of the Par and the Sawyer, the Torah says clearly that your Maza Apneakapiris, both by the Par and the Sawyer, the Torah uses that Lashen. But the Ktaris, the Torah doesn't say that it has to be brought Lifnei HaKapiris. All it says is that the Kohen Gadol took the Molay HaMachto Gach 
And the Meloi Chofnov Ketayra Samim Dako Vehevi Mebeis Leparoiches. He went inside the Kodesh Hakadoshim, and then the pasuk says Venosan Es Ketayra Ala Eish Lifnei Hashem. It doesn't say anything about doing it Lifnei Hakapayris. And since the Torah does not say it has to be done Lifnei Hakapayris, then he should not be allowed to do it there, and there should be a problem with him doing it there. What is the problem? So he quotes the Megmarim Menachos Daf Chav Zayin Amid Beis Machlokes Tanoim. How to understand the pasuk in the beginning of Achrei Mois? The pasuk that says Al Yovai Bichol Eisel Akodesh Mi Beis Leperoiches El Pnei Akapayris Asher Al Haorin Velo Yomus. This is where the Torah says that there's a Chiv Misa for anyone who goes Lufnai Lufnim any other time but Yom Kippurim. And there's Machlokes Tanoim. When exactly he's Chayiv Misa? How to read the pasuk? The Tanakhama reads it, Al that if you come into the Kaidesh, meaning the Heichal, you're over a lav. Then you're Chayiv Misa. So a Biyari Kanis, meaning coming into the Heichal for no reason, is over a lav. Coming into the Kaidesh HaKadoshim, there's also a Chayiv Misa. Rabbi Yehuda learns the Pasuk differently. He reads it, Al There's a lav if anyone comes either into the Kaidesh, or we base leparechas, meaning comes into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, he's over a lav. El Paneaka Pyrus, then Veloyomus, then you're Chayiv Misa. According to Behuda, there's only a Chayiv Misa if you come in front of the Kapyrus. Not anywhere in the Kodesh HaKadoshim is there a Chayiv Misa. Only by standing directly in front of the Kapyrus, that's when you're Chayiv Misa, according to Behuda. And if so, the Gvursari asks, according to Behuda, that Lifneak Kapyrus is more Chamor. It's a different category. Only there there's a Chayiv Misa. Anywhere else in the Kodesh HaKadoshim is only a lav. So the Gvur Sabi asks, what is the heter for the Kain Gadol to stand in front of the Kapiris to bring the Ktaris over there? Bishlamah, when he brings the dam of the par and the soyer, there the Torah says, Mefurish, that he's supposed to bring it Lifnea Kapiris. So the Torah is telling us that there's a heter to this Isser. But to bring the Ktaris in front of the Kapiris, what is the heter for that? We only see that the Torah was matter to bring the Ktaris into the Kodesh HaKadoshim and the love of going with Lufnim is Nidcheh. But where do we see that the extra Isra, the Isra which has a Chiv Misa, of standing in front of the Kapiris, where do we see that's Nidcheh, Bizman, the Kohen Gadol is Makter the Kteris. It doesn't say that he has to be Makter them in front of the Kapiris. It only says that by the dam of the Par and the Sawyer. And furthermore, the Gvursari asks, even if you hold like the Shita of the Rabbanon, that anywhere Lufnay Lufnim is equal, there's a Chiv Misa, equally on anywhere inside the Kodesh HaKadoshim, and if so, then clearly the Torah is being matter of this Isser, in order for the Kohen Gadol to be matter of the Torah, but nevertheless, there still should be a problem for the Kohen Gadol to bring the Torah in front of the Kapiris, and he quotes the Gemara in Zvachim Daf Lamed Gimel, that says that even when someone has a heter to come into a place which would have been otherwise usher, he only is allowed to come in the minimum amount, he cannot be marbe bepsiyos, he can't take extra steps. The Gemara is talking about a Mitzayrah who has a special heter to come into the Azara in order to do smicha on his carbon. Otherwise he would be usher because he's a mechuster kipurim. And the Gemara says that he cannot take any extra steps. Marbe Bepsiyas is usher. And the Gemara assumes the same thing will be here even if the Kohen Gadol has a heter to go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. But since the Torah does not say that he has to be makriv the Kteris in front of the Kapiris, he should only be allowed to go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim the minimum amount and be makriv the Kteris right when he gets inside, not take any further steps closer to the Kapiris. This is the Gvur Sariz Kasha and he leaves it off with a Tzarech Now there are a number of answers that the Achreinim give what is the Makar to this din of the Mishnah that the Kohen Gadol is supposed to be makriv the Kteris in front of the Kapiris.
the Griskarov in his Kuntris on Yuma, he quotes the Ramam and Perak Al Filchas Avedas Yamikipurim Alochazayin. The Ramam says, Mipia Shmua, Lomdu Chachomim, Shein Nusnak Teres, Elo Bekaydash Akadoshim, Lifneha Orin, Shenema Venasat Esakateres, Alo Eish Lifne Hashem. The Griskarov understands that the Ramam is telling us that Mipia Shmua, Lomdu Chachomim, they had a Messiah. To learn this drasha, that the Ktaris has to be lifnei ulifnim, and that it also has to be lifnei ha'orin. And the Briskorov explains what exactly is the drasha. He says, because there is one postic that already says that the Kohen Gadol takes the Meloi HaMachta of Gach Le'esh, and the Meloi Chofnav of Ktaris Samim, v'hevi mi beis l'paroiches. He goes lifnei ulifnim. Then the postic says, v'nosato es ha'katoris, alo eish lifnei Hashem. What does the second postic have to tell us lifnei Hashem? It must mean that it has to be done dafka lufnei ha'orin. That's what lufnei Hashem is coming to tell us. This is the way the Briskarov understands the Rambam, and this is how he explains the Mishnah, what is the Makar, that the Keteris has to be brought in front of the Kapiris. However, the Briskarov would seem to be very difficult to understand. Because if you look again at this Rambam, the Rambam is quoting the Gemara later on in Daphnun Gimel, which explains the Machlaikis that the Chachamim had with the Tzedukim. The Tzedukim understood the Psukim that you're supposed to be makter the Ktaris on the Machto outside the Kodesh HaKadoshim and the Kohen walks inside after there already is an Anan HaKtaris coming from the Machto. However, the Chachamim argue and in that the Rambam quotes me Lomdu the Chachamim understood She'enos Naktaris El Bekodesh HaKadoshim Lefnei Ha'arin She'nemam V'nasatas HaKtaris Ha'la'ish Lefnei Hashem Pashas the Rambam is coming to tell us where did the Chachamim know that you're supposed to put the Ktaris onto the Machta, not outside? Rather, after he already gets the Fnei Lufnim, from this passage that says, V'nasat es HaKtaris, Allah Eish, Lufnei Hashem. Lufnei Hashem is telling us that he puts the Ktaris on the Machta, only Lufnei Hashem, after he's inside. And if so, what does the Briskarov mean to explain that Lufnei Hashem is coming to tell us that it's Dafka Lufnei HaOrin? L'chair, the Pashas of the Ramam is to tell us not like the Tzedukim, rather, you should only put the Ktaris on the fire after he already is Lufnei Hashem in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. But where do you see Lufnei Hashem means in front of the Oren? Lufnei Hashem is coming to tell us the Iker Din, that you have to be Makdur at Lufnim and not Bechutz. Now in the Sefer Mishmar HaLevi, from Ramosha Motcha Shlutzinger Zital, on Mesechus Yuma, he asks this Kasha on the Biskarov. And he says that obviously the Biskarov learned a different Pshat in the Gemara. The Gemara Daf Nun Gimel, which says that the Raya, that the Chachamim told the Tzedukim, from the Pasuk of Inasata Saktaris Ala Eish Lufnei Hashem, the Gemara does not mean to say that from the words Lufnei Hashem, we see that the Ktaris was only put on the Eish after he got Lufnei Lufnim. And he adds that really we find the Lashon of Lufnei Hashem, which does not mean in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. It could mean by the Pesach of the Oyal Mayed, what is the Raya from this Pasuk, that Lufnei Hashem means in the Kodesh HaKadoshim? How did the Chachamim show from here, not like the Tzedukim. And he says that you have to explain the Gemara that the Chacham meant to say that there already is a Pasuk earlier that says that you take the Machta and the Ktaires, the The Pasuk says clearly that you bring the Machta and the Ktaires inside the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And the Pasuk has not yet said to put it on the Eish. And then the next Pasuk says, From this alone is already a Raya like the Chacham, not like the Tzedukim. The Pasuk only says to put the Ktaris on the Eish after it already says, behaving you based Leparoiches. And therefore the Briskarov understood that the next words of the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, V'nasatas HaKtaris al Eish, Lefnei Hashem, what is Lefnei Hashem coming to tell us? That's what the Ramah means, 
that not only are you supposed to put the Ketaris on the Eish inside the Kodesh HaKadoshim, that's from the first words of the Pasuk, but we also see Lefnei Hashem, the extra words of Lefnei Hashem tell us that it has to be Dafka in front of the Oren. So this Briskarov is one Teres to the Kasha of the Gvur Sari, where the Mishnah gets this from, that you have to be Makhtar the Ketaris in front of the Oren. Now in the Sefer Mishmar Levi in Zvochim, Simon Ayn Aleph, he has another terrace to this kasha. He quotes the Ramban Alatayra in Pasha's Kisisa. The Psukim over there are talking about the Ketaras, how they were made, and the Pasuk says, The Shachakta Mimena Hodeik, Vinasata Mimenu Lifneha Edus Ba'oyel Mayid. And the Ramban explains that this Pasuk is telling us the different times that were Makhtar the Ketaras. Vinasata Mimenu Lifneha Edus, the Ramban explains, that's referring to the Ketaris that we bring Lifnayu Lifnim once a year on Yom Kippur. And Ba'oyal Mayid, that's referring to the daily Ketaris which was brought in the Oyal Mayid. And the Mishmar Levi says that according to this Ramban, we have a Makar that the Ketaris on Yom Kippur has to be brought right in front of the Arin. The words of the Pasik that says, Vinasato Mimenu Lifneha Eidos, according to the Ramban, that's referring to the Ketaris Lifnayu Lifnim, and Lifneha Eidos means in front of the Arin. This is the Makar of the Mishnah and the Rambam that the Ketaris has to be brought right in front of the Oren. Now a third Mahalach is brought Hashem the Kiryas Sefer on the Rambam. He also says that there's a Makar that the Ketaris has to be brought right in front of the Oren. And he quotes the Pasuk that says, V'nasatu esak Ketaris ala eish lufnei Hashem V'chisa anan ha-Ketaris esak ha-Pairis asher ala eidus. And he explains that from the words of the Pasuk, V'chisa anan ha-Ketaris esak ha-Pairis that after we're marked with the Ketaris, it covers the Kapiris, that he says is mashma, that the Ketaris is supposed to be brought right in front of the Arin, and by this, immediately after it's hooked there, it will already cover the Kapiris. This, he says, is the Makar, that you have to be marked with the Ketaris right in front of the Arin, so that immediately it will cover the Kapiris. Now the Mishnah continues, Tzavaras HaKetaris, Agabe Gecholim, V'nismalek Kolabayis Kulay Oshon, the Mishnah says that the Kayin Gadol puts the Ketaris on top of the Gecholim and the entire room is filled with Oshon and then he goes out, he goes out the same way he came in, meaning backwards. Now the Cheshik Shleima on the Mishnah is bothered, why does the Tana have to tell us, What is that Negea Lahalocha, that which the smoke will eventually spread through the entire Kedesh HaKadoshim? And he quotes the Rambam in Parak Dawar of Idis Yamakipurim Alocha Aleph. The Rambam says, after the Kohen Gadol puts the Ketaris onto the Gecholim, Umamtin Shom Adche Yismale Habayis Oshon. The Rambam says that the Kohen Gadol has to wait there in the Kedesh Hagadoshim until the room is filled with the Oshon of the Ketaris and only then can he go out. And this, the Cheshuk Shleimo understands, is what the Mishnah is coming to tell us as well. The Mishnah that says, V'nismalekol abayis kulei oshon, and then afterwards it says, Yotza, the Mishnah is coming to tell us that there's a din, that Kayin Gadol must stay inside the Kayin Shekandoshim until it's Nismalekulei oshon. Now what is the Pshat in this din? Why does the Kayin Gadol have to stay inside the whole time? So the Briskarov has a letter about this Indian. It's printed in the back of the Chedusha Yagriz Rambam, page Ayin Zayin, and he's responding to a letter that he received from his nephew, Rabbi Yosheber Salavechik. Rabbi Yosheber wanted to explain this Rambam that we find that there's a difference between the Ketaris on Yom Kippur and the Ketaris the rest of the year. The Ketaris all year long, the actual Maisak Torah, that was the Avedo. 
But the Knisa and the Yitziah, the Kain who had to go inside the Heichel in order to be Makter on the Mizbeach, on the Mizbeach Azov, that was not part of the Avedah and the Yitziah as well when he left, it wasn't part of the Avedah. It's just an issue of practicality that in order for him to be Makter on the Mizbeach Azov, he has to walk inside the Heichel. Masha'inkin, the Kteris and Yom Kippur, there are rayas that the Knista, the Kain Godel going Lefnayu Lefnim, as well as the Yitziah, it wasn't just the Heichatimtza that practically it had to be done, rather it was a Din, it was part of the Avedah. One place we see this difference is that in Yom Kippur, the Din was that no one else was allowed to be inside the Heichal from when the time of the Kain Godel went inside to be Makta Daktaris until he left. It wasn't only at the actual time of the Aktara, from the Knisa until the Yitziah, everyone had to be Pirish from the Heichal. Whereas the Kteris, all year long, even though no one was allowed to be in the Heichel at the time the Kteris was brought, but it was only Asr during the actual Aktara, not from when the time the Kain went inside the Heichel until he left. And this he explains is the difference, because the Knisa and the Yitziah throughout the year, that was only a Heichatimsa. Practically speaking, he had to go inside in order to be Makhtar on the Mizbeach. Whereas Yom Kippur, the Knisa and the Yitziah, that was a Din, it was part of the Seder Avedah, it wasn't just an issue of practicality. And with this he explains the difference also about how long the Kain Gadol has to stay inside on Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, like we mentioned, the Rambam says he has to stay inside until the Bayis was Nismala Oshon. Whereas all year long, as soon as he's to the Kteris, immediately he could leave, there's no din how long he has to stay inside. And he explains like this, that throughout the year, the actual Avayda is only the Maisa Akhtara. And therefore the moment he finishes the Maisa Akhtara, he could leave. But Yom Kippur... It wasn't only the actual Avedah of being Makhtar Lektaris, but there was a Din that he had to go inside, he had to have a Knisa, and afterwards he had to do a Maisa Yetziah. It wasn't just that practically speaking he had to get out. The Yetziah itself was part of the Seder Avedah. And therefore he says that even though when the Kayin Godo put the Lektaris onto the Makhtar, so he immediately finishes his Avedah of being Makhtar Lektaris, but nevertheless, it's not yet time for the Yetziah. The Torah describes that there has to be a Knisa, and there has to be a Yitziah, but beyond that, there also has to be a Shehiyah, there has to be a certain amount of time that he has to stay inside. And since the Pasuk tells us, that's the way the Torah tells us, that the time for the Kain Godel to leave the Kaidash HaKadoshim, has not come until the already the Oshon has covered the Kapiris. So in other words, the reason the Kain Godel has to stay inside, until it's Nismal HaBayis Oshon, is not Mikayach Da'avoyda, it's not because the Avodah's Akhtaris is not done. It is done immediately when he puts the Akhtaris onto the Mahda. Rather, it's a din stay there when the Yitziah is supposed to be. The Torah describes a Knisa, the Torah describes how long he's supposed to stay there, and then the Torah describes when he's supposed to leave. This is Rabbi Yashibar's explanation in the Rambam, and why there's a chilik between the Akhtaris all year long and the Akhtaris on Yom Kippur. Now the Briskrav is responding to this letter, and he writes a different Mahaloch, what is the pshat, why the Kohen Gadol has to stay bifnim until it's Nesmala Oshon. And he says that even though the Kohen Gadol has finished his Maisa, his Maisa only is to put the Ktaris onto the Mahta, but the Avoida is still continuing. The Avoida is not done until it's Nesmala Habayis Oshon, like the Torah describes. And since the Avoida is not over yet, there's a din that the Kohen has to stay in the Mokam Avoida until the Avoida is complete. Even though he finished his action, his maisa that has to be done, as long as the Avodah is continuing, he has to stay there in the Mokim of the Avodah. And he brings a similar example, he quotes B'Shem Rabbi Chaim, the mission at the end of the sixth parak describes 
that after the Sarla Zazel was sent away to the Midbar, so there was a system of waving flags in order that the people in the base of Migdal should know when the Sarla Zazel reached the Midbar. And then the Mishnah says the Kohen Godol would go out of the Azara and read the Parsha as it's described in the beginning of the seventh parak. Now the Rambam in Parak Gimel, Hilchas Avidas Yemakipurim, Halochet Ches, he says, Kivan Shehegiya Sarla Midbar, Yotzo Kohen Godol Ezras Noshim. And Reb Chaim was Madaik in this Rambam that the Kohen Gadol was not allowed to leave the Azara until the Sawyer reached the Midbar. Only then, after it reached the Midbar, on this the Gemara says that once it reached the Midbar, it was ready Nasis Mitzvasa, the Mitzvah of Shiluach of the Sawyer Azazel was complete. And then Reb Chaim says he was allowed to leave the Azara and go into the Azaras Noshim to read the parasha. But until the Sawyer reached the Midbar, it was not considered that this Avedah was complete. The Kohen Gadol had to stay inside the Azara. And the Briskrav explains that even though the Kohen Gadol finished his chilek of the Havaydo, once he gives over the Sarl Azazel to the one who's going to bring it to the Midbar, so the Kohen Gadol waits, he's not actively involved in bringing the Sarl to the Azazel. Nevertheless, he has to stay in the Mokom of Havaydo until the Havaydo gets completed. And here too as well, the Briskrav explains that since the Havaydo of the Ktairis was not complete, until it was Nismalek Kula Oshon, so even though the Kohen Gadol finished his part, Nevertheless, he has to wait and stand in the mokim where the Avodah is done until the Avodah gets completed and only then can he leave. The rest of the year, once the kain is makter the Ktaires, so the Avodah is over already, there is no din how long he has to stay, he's able to leave right away. Now in the Hemshech of the Mishnah, the Mishnah says that the kain Gadol left, Yotza Uboloi Derech Knisosoi. Rashi explains me, it means... He did not turn around, he didn't turn his back on the Oren, he walked out backwards. In other words, the same way he walked in, he walked out. Now, Toysus over here, Dibur Maschal, Yotza Ubaloi, he says that even though we find that Bia, Derech Achirov, Loishma Bia, if there's a din that a person has to do a Bia, he has to come into somewhere, then the only way it's considered a Maisa Bia is if he walks in forward. If he walks in backwards, that's not called that he did a Bia. Nevertheless, here, Despite the fact that the Torah says a lotion of Yitziah, Yitziah can be even backwards. Like Torah says, Ketalmid haniftar me rabbi. We do find sometimes it's normal to walk backwards, like a Talmud who leaves from his Rebbe. And therefore, even though here the Torah says Yitziah, and the Kohen Gadol walked backwards, that's still called, he did a Yitziah. And the Gvur adds that according to this, we understand very well why the Mishnah and Talmud, which describes how the Kohenim did the Torah throughout the year, there it does not say this Loshan, that when he left, he walked backwards. It doesn't say, And even though surely there as well, the din was that he had to walk backwards. Gemara later on in Daphne Gimel says, Any kind who completes Avedah, and he leaves the Azara, he has to walk backwards. And surely someone who leaves the Heichal, like the Kayan who was maktar the Kteris inside the Heichal, he also has to walk out backwards. Why there don't we find this Loshan, Yotzah the Gvurasari says, the Pshat is because that's Poshet, that every time someone left either the Azara or the Heichal, they had to walk backwards. Here the Mishnah is telling us a Chiddush, that even though the Pasuk says a Loshan of Yitziah, and perhaps you could have thought that Yitziah Derech Achorev is not called the Yitziah, therefore the Mishnah has to tell us, no, that it is a Kim of Yitziah, like Taisus says that Yitziah is different than Bia. Bia Derech Achorev is not a Bia, but Yitziah Derech Achorev is a Yitziah. Now we'll just finish off with a nice verse from Moshe Feinstein, the Bryce over here says that together with the Aaron was also Nigna's other things. One of them was the Makel of Aaron, together with its Shkedeha Uprocheha. 
the almonds and the flowers. Now the Taisis Yishonim over here points out that usually the derech is that once the fruit start to grow, so the flowers then fall off. So why is it mentioned over here the prochim, once already the shkedim grew, so seemingly there were no longer any prochim? And he answers, Some of the prochim remained, even though some shkedim started to grow already, but there was still some prochim which did not turn into shkedim. And Yerusha says, really the truth is that from the psukim itself, it's muhach like this, that there were still prochim, because how else did Klai Yisrael know that there were prochim at all? The Pasuk says, Vayotzei perach, vayotzei tzitz, vayigmoshkedim, that everyone saw the next morning that Aaron's staff was blossomed with flowers and fruit started to grow. And if when the shkedim grew, so the flowers were gone already, how did they know the next morning that this is what happened? Maybe the nace was that the almonds grew directly and there was never a stage of prochim. It must be that there was still some prochim remaining on the makel, like we see in our Gemara, that when it was buried, there were both shkedim and prochim. And Ramesha says, what is the pshat in this nace? Why was it like that dafka, that some of the flowers remained and they did not all turn into shkedim? And Ramesha says, this was to teach us an important lesson, that in Avodah Hashem, it's not only the final result that counts. It's not only the peris in the end, that are choshev. The flowers, meaning the tircha, all the hard work and toil that one puts into Avedat Hashem, or one puts into his limud Torah, that also is choshev and that remains. That's not something which ever disappears. Just as the matah of Aaron was buried together with the pshkedim and the prochim. This is what Ramesha says in his Sefer Dorash Moshe in Parashas Kairach. You have been listening to the Shurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the DAF worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a DAF or Masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.